at koketsosachane and at SAFM Radio on Twitter. 23 minutes past three. It is beyond the headlines on SAFM Koketso in for Aldrin Sempier. Uh, staying with our focus on what's happening internationally, Ethiopia, Egypt, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates have officially joined the BRICS bloc. BRICS nation, of course, making up 40% of the world population, and it is expected that the membership of these newly joined countries will see a number of benefits, especially in terms of international trade. But what exactly are these new members bringing to the table? Uh, To help us understand, we're joined on the line by Professor Gilbert Kadiagala, who's an international relations analyst and director of the African Center for the Study of the United States Adverse University. Prof, thank you very much for making time. Good afternoon. I'm very well, Prof, and I should say Happy New Year to you. I suppose we can still say that on the 3rd of January, right? I don't know when the cutoff is, but we can still say it. Yeah, yeah, we should. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Prof, following um, the the BRICS meeting that happened in South Africa last year, we were expecting that there would be a number of countries who would be joining. It's finally happening. I remember at the time Egypt was cited, Ethiopia was cited. Now that it's officially happened, what does it mean for BRICS? You know, for BRICS, it's an expansion that... uh Countries such as South Africa particularly have have pushed because they needed a bigger geopolitical zone that has economic clout uh, to challenge the Western-dominated international, particularly international economic system. So if you now have 10 BRICS countries and uh, with uh, significant economic power, particularly countries Uh, like Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, and of course not forgetting Iran. Uh, These are all producing countries uh, that potentially add a lot of financial and and economic clout to to the BRICS countries. Mm. So it's a victory overall for, I think, the South Africa's diplomacy to have an expanded economic bloc that can play a role in challenging uh, the old order, if we could call it. In in speaking of the the challenge to the old order, I remember at the time last year, Prof, there was also a mention of Argentina, for example, possibly um, joining the bloc. And uh, with this announcement, are we to assume that there was a decline or uh, Argentina declined the invitation or what are the reasons for them not joining as expected? At Argentina had elections last year, uh, end of last year, where the, the right-wing uh, government came into power. And the guy who is now there, the president, Javier Millet, is very much closely aligned to the West. And he's told the BRICS countries, uh, no thanks, because uh, we know who our allies are. So, I mean, I think that was a disappointment to BRICS nations because I think they needed another country from South America, but uh, the the Argentinians have uh, thought that it's important to remain very tied to the U.S. So nonetheless, I think uh, it also probably gives them another opportunity to begin shopping for new allies. Mm. And there are quite a number, even within Africa itself, without the Nigeria grumbling that it was left out. So probably in the next round of expansion, we could have countries uh, 
in Latin America, probably Venezuela and so on, coming on board. But it's an important milestone for the BRICS countries. We're in conversation with Professor Gilbert Kadiagala, International Relations Analyst, talking about uh, these group of nations that have joined uh, the BRICS bloc. Uh, at the same time, I mean, one notes the, the economic benefits and, and when it comes to geopolitics challenging the West. But at the same time, a conversation that hardly happens is us interrogating who these countries are and most importantly what they stand for and their policies even domestically and whether or not as a, as a country let alone as a bloc um, we have this association on this level um, with these countries. One looks at Ethiopia for example and all that is happening around uh, Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed. One can also interrogate Saudi Arabia, Iran itself effectively all of them. There are some issues there. Where does the the the, the the domestic affairs of these countries not come in in terms of deciding on our association? You know, the association at the, uh, the global level is united by various grievances. Uh, all these countries have various grievances against uh, the Western-dominated order. Uh, but having said that, they are very diverse domestically. You have countries that are very authoritarian, and we can mention first time now. Uh, here coming up before for are now joining such as Saudi Arabia and, and Iran, I mean countries that have been known not to be uh, democracies. And then you have leading democracies like India and South Africa. And then in between now you have Ethiopia, you have Egypt. Uh, but the bigger problem I think the BRICS countries face is one of political cohesion mm. beyond just their grievances. Uh, with the West, they also have very deep divisions. We have the old divisions between India and China. They're always fighting around borders. Uh, they don't agree on, on, on very much, uh, right. except when they meet at the summit. But now you have new members also who have too many problems with each other. You have Ethiopia, Egypt, over the Nile, all the Nile River and all these. You have Saudi Arabia and Iran, there are countries that don't, the chemistry doesn't really gel. But I think the, the strength of BRICS is that it is at least attempting to hang together around the economic agenda of an alternative economic order centered around new powers like China, India, and now you have Saudi Arabia joining in. So it's an exciting process to see because it's also important to watch how many other countries outside these two big the Western and Northern British bloc are going to attempt to align with who? And that's mm. the big question down the road. I mean, the Chinese are the biggest beneficiary of BRICS because uh, they have too many problems with the U.S. And if you have a, a, a BRICS currency, it will potentially will be a Chinese currency or a Chinese-dominated currency. You, you, so they have more to gain. You brought on a subject that I wanted to to also get into, but we are out of time. That of the the how realistic and maybe briefly, Prof, how realistic is there uh, for there to be a BRICS currency? Uh, I think people argue that uh, it's down the road. Uh, it, I, I think it may come. I think they'll they'll trade within each other uh, more vibrantly than before. Uh, they will invest within each other more vibrantly than before. But having a currency. 
because of the hegemony of the dollar, is something really not going to come in the next five to ten years. We appreciate your time uh, this evening, Professor Gilbert Kadiagala, International Relations Analyst and Director of the African Center for the Study of the United States at Vets University. Your thoughts on this, Ethiopia, Egypt, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the, e- and the UAE officially joining uh, the BRICS group of nations. And this whole idea of a BRICS currency, as the prof says, maybe years from now, but how real is it, noting the power and uh, the influence of the dollar? Your thoughts on this, 0614-104-107.